Hear ye, hear ye, all gather to hear Master Joe. From this point forward, we are going to call them Bridgewaters. You know what we Let's call 20 it. years around here? We call it two Grudens. Nobody cares about fantasy, Sean. Nobody. They won the game they needed to win. Greg Williams should never step foot in an NFL locker room. You good? You got it all up? Grow and grow and grow it. It's reps and reps and reps. Aha, aha, aha. Just throw and throw and throw and throw. Terrible, terrible, terrible defense. And we don't recognize boundaries in 2020. That has to make you happy as a Buffalo fan. I'm all, leave me alone. Because he's not a quarterback, so does those still count as QB hits? This is the best. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Out of Bounds podcast, Out of Bounds with a Z. Don't forget to come check us out on all your favorite streaming platforms. Come check us out on the Facebook page, the Facebook group, the Ringer NFL group, where I'm almost, if not every day, every other day posting polls. I'm Joe McDonald, just in case you didn't know. And on the other end of the microphones is Mr. Sean Lawler. Sean, how are you doing this evening? Oh, not too bad. Just getting ready for uh, another fun time with Joe to see what's going on in the world of the NFL. Is there another Joe that's coming on the call? I, 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 I feel threatened. I didn't realize not only you're replacing me, you're replacing me with somebody with the same damn name. Uh, well, while we're waiting for that fun Joe where you're going to enjoy yourself, we're going to get into stuff right here, Sean. Uh, like you said, there's lots going on in the NFL. It's the offseason, but it's never really the offseason. Uh, we have injuries. We have uh, a big-time shoe deal. It's not something that's said in the NFL very often. And apparently a, a one-time Super Bowl winning quarterback who wanted to be traded in the offseason is now saying that it didn't happen? Mm, question marks. And then uh, Sean and I pay a little homage to the great George Carlin. Instead of seven words that you can't say on television, we have seven questions the NFL does not want asked about. So we're we're coming up with these and of course there's gonna be ones we miss but again we don't really care we're doing it for our own fun but as sean said there's all kinds of news uh as we usually do we're gonna start with the downer sean uh the kansas city chiefs revamped their offensive line in the offseason they brought in joe tooney they traded for orlando brown jr and they were somehow able to bring the three-time pro bowler kyle long out of retirement after one year to play guard but there was a little incident today at practice. Um, he did injure his knee. Uh, Andy Reid is saying that they're optimistic that he didn't suffer ligament damage, but it might require surgery. Uh, it's an injury that is going to linger at least into training camp and possibly early into the season. Sean, what are your thoughts on this? That's, that's, that's a tough break, right? Like first couple days into training camp, into these mandatory training camps or mini camps. Are they even padded? No, there's no, no contact, no padded. Nope. No, called oh, no contact. Non-contact injuries are the worst. That's the worst thing that can happen. I'm just looking through the draft picks. Okay, they took an offensive lineman in round six, and Creed Humphrey was pick 31. Mm. So that's round yep. two from Oklahoma. Basically, they're stepping right away. Yeah, they're looking for Tardif uh, if he comes back, you know, the guard who opted out last year for him to be part of that rotation. And like you said, the the lineman they drafted this year. But, I mean, Long was a smart depth move. His first three years in the league, he was a, a pro bowler. And then he started missing games and getting injured, which is why he retired. And then he comes back and in a non in a non-physical practice, 
he hurts his knee. So it's not a good sign for the rest of the 2020 season for Kyle Long. Do you think so? No, I think he'll be a depth guy if he even comes back. I think they're going to want to try and push Creed Humphrey in front um, and get Tardiff back as well. And Long's going to be like the later guys off the bench because if you're hurting your knee in non-contact, it's hopefully he doesn't push it trying to come back. That's my yeah. only hope. Yeah, that, that year off, we always talk about guys like, oh, they were out a year, they were doing this, or they opted out, or they did this. You never can tell how the body's going to react. You just don't know. So, yeah, that was that was a bit of sad news. So, but definitely needs monitoring because one of us has said that Kansas City will not make it back to the AFC Championship game, yet loves their offensive line. I don't know what idiot said that, but uh, that's something to keep an eye on. Moving into the business side of things, Sean, we had a little bit of news. Um, Dallas Cowboys star quarterback, Dak Prescott, who signed, what, a four-year, $160 million deal in the offseason after being injured last year, has uh, jumped to the front of the line again. He becomes the first NFL quarterback. He left Adidas, and he's going with the Jordan brand. He is the only NFL quarterback on the brand. Sean, I mean, you sound to be a big Jordan guy, even though you're a dookie. I don't mean a fan of Duke. I meant a piece of shit, but no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, No, I mean, this is more up your alley. Like what is, what is this? Is this the future or is this just kind of a one-off? No, I think this is the future. Jordan brands always tried to get in on the football game. I'm surprised that he he didn't get in big time because Randy Moss wore Jordan back in the day. And mm-hmm. I remember playing, I think it was NFL 2K1 on Dreamcast. And Moss was actually wearing the Jordans in that game. Like if you got up close with the camera. So I'm, I am a huge Jordan guy. Michael Jordan is my ba- favorite basketball player. And I love his brand. I've got a couple mm-hmm. of pairs of shoes. Um, I was, I'm surprised he's the first quarterback. That, that yeah. surprises me. Yeah, me too. Uh, reading up a little bit, uh, Des Bryant towards the end with Dallas was a, a Jordan guy. Really, the only other player that I'd ever heard of, really, I mean, they obviously all wear different kind of shoes, but Odell Beckham Jr. was the only player that I even heard anything about having a shoe deal with or a fashion deal or, or any of those kind of apparel deals. So this one kind of like, I don't want to say came out of nowhere because I still think it's mostly nowhere. I, I'm not sure that like, Again, if Patrick Mahomes signs this deal, it's a big deal. Tom Brady, um, even a guy like Kyler Murray, you know, something like that. And yeah. not, right now, Dak Prescott, I think, is is possibly a better quarterback than Kyler Murray. But Kyler Murray's young. He's a Heisman winner. You know, he's the next big thing, all this stuff. Like, at this point, so many people are kind of split on where Dak is. I mean, good for him for being attached to the Jordan brand. But like you said, I'm stunned that this is the first quarterback. I couldn't tell you who the most profile player other than Dak is on the Jordan brand. I honestly don't know because I don't think of them when it comes to football shoes, football cleats. Yeah, it's funny because the Jordan brand's kind of an exclusive club when Mm -hmm. you think about it. Like there's like a couple golfers – couple baseball players i know back in the day jeter was a jordan brand guy Mm -hmm. and like one or two football players not even that many 
basketball players are Jordan Brand. It's like Chris Paul was Carmelo, I think, was as well. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, definitely it's invite only. Yeah, and now Zion is. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely an invite only club. Like it, it's kind of like Fight Club. We don't talk about the Jordan Brand athletes, you know, in front of other people because it's like, oh, are they? It's like it doesn't matter. Just don't. So again, so that could be I good just, things for Dak. Then I, I, listen, I mean, when you have a when you have a brand like that, who they don't give them out to everybody, you know, they don't sign everybody. I mean, they have their misses, I'm sure, but like. If you're going and saying the first quarterback that we're signing to a Jordan deal is Dak Prescott, it's a big deal, especially, and and this may sound dumb, but coming off an ankle injury, like these have to be shoes that he feels comfortable with. I mean, that was a a question with Zion when he was a deep and he blew out the side of the shoe. People thought, is he going to leave Nike? Is he going to, is he going to leave because these shoes blew out? Now that's a, a one in a billion, you know, thing, but, Dak Prescott presumably is going to get his own signature shoe and wear Jordans. He has to feel comfortable playing quarterback in those. It, it sounds like a really weird take, but I'm I'm kind of interested to see where this goes. I love it. I love it. I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah. And that if he breaks his ankle again, we'll blame Michael Jordan. So, you know. How dare you, sir? How dare I'm just, you? I'm just saying there's a chance. I'm just saying there's a chance. You don't want me to, you don't want me to give my Jordan take. You know my Jordan take. You don't want it. The people aren't ready, Sean. They're not ready. That's um, that's that's a slow that's a slow day t- that's a slow day pod <laughs> where we're both feeling feisty. <laughs> you know I don't really believe it, but we're moving on from that. Uh, I teased at the top there was a Super Bowl winning quarterback who's had a an up and down off season with his team. No, it's not the quarterback you're thinking of, but one that we've talked about way too much. It's a little bit west and a little bit north of where we were talking about. Russell Wilson spoke to reporters for the first time since February um, when his uh, public criticisms of the organization led to, quote-unquote, speculation of a possible trade. Wilson said it was all a big misunderstanding, and he's always wanted to be in Seattle and always will be in Seattle, and things, you know, like, tensions boil over at the end of a long season and you know things of that sort sean i believe i can't think of the actual episode but we talked pretty in depth about russell wilson's agent giving a list of four teams that he'd be willing to go to and i believe the teams if i'm not mistaken were chicago yes dallas yes las vegas yes Hmm, I'm escaping. The other one is escaping me at the moment. They have one and a half quarterbacks. New Orleans. Oh, how dare I? How dare I? That, uh, yeah. How did I need to take a lap for that one? That's my bad. Uh, that list was very public. We all heard the names and saw the list. And now Russell Wilson is saying, oh, nothing to see here. Nothing to see here at all. Uh, Sean, before my head explodes, please give me your thoughts on this. So remember how we were talking off air, like, but his agent, like he must be throwing his agent under the bus. I finally, I found an article on CBS sports buried like three or four pages deep in the Googles um, written by Patrick Walker. 
titled mm-hmm. Seah- Seahawks, Russell Wilson has not demanded trade, but reportedly has four specific teams in mind because he has a no trade clause. So basically it was like, he was like saying, Hey guys, you know, if I was to waive my clause, these would be the teams. So he, mm-hmm. so I guess technically him saying he didn't demand a trade is correct. However, it's, uh, you know, don't try and brush it off like nothing happened. Like your agent that, uh, <laughs> four teams. Out that's there my biggest and Bears issue. fans yes. lost their minds. Oh, they babies were, were conceived. Uh, <laughs> Listen, it was babies were conceived. It that's the thing. It's a semantical argument. He's arguing semantics. Well, I never requested a trade. No, but you did put out there the four teams you'd be willing to waive your no trade clause for. So like yeah, did you go home with the girl at the bar? No, but you bump and grinded all night on the dance floor. Like, <laughs> eh, okay, maybe you didn't finish the job, but you were thinking about it. So don't don't Why give me still the... gonna be mad. Exactly, exactly. There's it's gonna be held against you. You're absolutely right. Um, it, it's such a joke. Like these quarterbacks. Again, I'm not gonna rehash the Russell Wilson takes I've had and. And, and discussions and all that. but it, it's just such a joke that like you don't what february now we're in june so four months you don't talk to the media and he's done some really great things i mean we talked about like a psa he did for you know covid and, and you know vaccines stuff like that i'm not trashing russell wilson the person i'm trashing russell wilson the football player at times because it, it it's it's like a part of his brain turns off when he puts on the helmet or the jersey it's like you just say really dumb things when you associate your name with the Seahawks. If it's just like, hey, here's Russell Wilson, pitch man, it's like, oh, okay, Russell Wilson, not a bad guy. And then he's like, hey, I'm going to drink concussion water and I'm going to, uh, you know, do all these things. And I want only pro bowlers on my offensive line. And I want, and it's like, can you stop? Just listen. Yeah, you may not have demanded a trade, but you basically said, well, I'm not saying I want traded, but if I were, these four cities are on the list. It's it's fine. He's allowed to do that. You know, what? assert whatever power he's allowed. I, wait, hold on. We're going to move on to something. Please explain yourself, sir. Just, you know, it's, it's within his rights. He has the no trade clause. Therefore, he has the power in his contract being moved. Because mm-hmm. if, if a regular football player didn't have a no trade clause they could just they would just get traded like you know aaron Rodgers aside okay okay a quarterback would just get traded if they're Uh, saying pissy things like that or like jerry jones would trade his ass okay listen i completely agree with you but it's never been reported that seattle was trying to trade him it was reported russell wilson wanted to get out seattle didn't go to the agent and say listen we think it's time to split Give us a list of teams. Russell Wilson's agent went out and said, hey, Russell's not happy with the organization. Here are four teams to keep in mind. This is not a Seahawks problem. This is a Russell Wilson problem. Well, he was unhappy with the way that they were going, and he used his power and what he what he has available at his disposal. That oh. no-trade clause is, is power. So, he, you know. You're yeah. right. Good for him. But listen, if you take 17% of the salary cap and then complain that yeah. you don't have any money to sign people, then, you know, maybe there's maybe there's not a they issue. Maybe it's a you issue. It's not I'm just saying. 
I how am I how am I giving the Seahawks the benefit of the doubt? We gotta move on. I can't do this anymore. Um, all right, we are on to our big story tonight, or our big idea, or our big whatever. Insert your own thing here. As I said, George Carlin had the seven words you can't say on television. We have seven questions that the NFL absolutely does not want to be asked about. If you were to give the NFL, and by the NFL, I mean historians, commissioner, the people who know things, the the keepers of the vault, uh, everything like that, seven questions that they absolutely do not want to answer truthfully. Uh, We're just going to take turns on these, Sean. So I'm going to let you go first. You have definitely done more work on this than I have. So I will give you full credit. Uh, Sean, what is the first question that the NFL absolutely does not want asked about? Man, I was pulling it up here. as I did in the chat. It's all your random questions, Joe. <laughs> Well, if you are not sure, I have one. Yeah, you go first. How bad through the history of the NFL has gambling been prevalent throughout the teams and organizations? And has it ever led to issues with players being in compromising positions? Uh, I think talking like a Pete Rose type deal or a Arenas type deal. Uh, I mean, maybe a little bit of both. Um, I think it was, was it Paul Horning? I think maybe it was, I thought it was Paul. Yeah. It was poor Paul Horning in 1963. Uh, and Alex Karras were both, uh, suspended in 1963 for gambling. Uh, Paul Horning, you know, uh, hall of famer, Alex Karras, you know, pretty good player himself. And they were actually, you know, reinstated the next season and stuff like that. So that goes back to 63. Um, we know, we know what happened a couple of years ago with Tony Romo with fantasy football. He was going to go to Vegas and be part of this thing or whatever. And they're like, well, we don't want you to do anything in Vegas with money and all this other stuff. So I guess my question to the NFL would be throughout the history of the NFL, even currently, now they have all these gambling partnerships. So it, it's kind of diluted now. But over the time, how bad has gambling been through the league? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's an excellent question. I think they've pushed a lot under the rug. And oh, I yeah. think that's one of those things that if we open that up, it's a can of worms that the NFL does not want. <laughs> really bad. I think there's, there's potentially going to be some double standards there. <laughs> and not just players, coaches, officials, yeah. owners, you know, the, I mean, it's – it's one of those things we all just assume it's dirty and we never want to talk yeah. about it. But the, these are the seven have, have questions that you Donahue. don't ask. <laughs> absolutely. Adonahi. Yeah, absolutely. You, you're absolutely right. So yeah, I think that's the first question for me is how, how prevalent and how serious has gambling been throughout the NFL? Yeah. So my next one has to do with concussions and, you mm-hmm. know, you could probably ask like a couple of them regarding that, but the first mm-hmm. one being how long did the NFL know about CT before they informed others and, or started doing something about it? I, I mean, that's right now, that's the multi-billion dollar question as we've seen these, uh, these studies come up and, and the settlements, uh, they just had a settlement last week or you know two weeks ago 
with the black players with cognitive tests and money and things of that sort. I mean, I can remember the stories of Mike Webster, the Hall of Fame center for the Steelers back in the 90s about him being homeless and selling his Super Bowl ring and having like schizophrenia and, and all this stuff. And then, I mean, people kind of knew it's like, well, yeah, he got banged around in football, but we didn't really have a name for it. So, I mean, that's a great question. Like, when did the, again, when we say the league, we mean the powers that be, whether it was Pete Rosell, Roger Goodell, you know, all these people kind of have this awareness of like, oh, oh, this is a serious issue. Like, yeah, it's cool for like Earl Campbell to be on TV for a while or OJ. I mean, OJ Simpson's kind of a dirty word now, but like OJ, you know, doing broadcasts and movies and he's fine. But at the same time, again, you have guys like Mike Webster and all these other people that are not doing well. So that, I mean, talk about it further, Sean. That's a great one. Yeah, just, I, I kind of have the feeling that they knew a lot sooner than they let on because that mm-hmm. tends to be what happens as we've seen in all, in all things that are bad for us <laughs> smoking, drinking, Always, and driving, yeah. Always, <laughs> like just yeah. drugs like methamphetamines and, mm-hmm. you know, pharmaceuticals, different things yep. like that. So the abuse, uh, like the game, I feel like they knew how bad it was and just, kind of brushing on the rug in there and it's coming to a head now with all the players wanting the retirement packages and everything like that that's what they knew was going to happen with the news of this happening so they pushed it off until it was impossible to push off yeah i again totally agreed it's it's a great question like you said we could do seven questions about head injuries you know in this in this pod but we're, we're going to try and kind of sprinkle around a little bit um, my next question would be kind of along the line of yours, but how long has the NFL known about steroid abuse in the league? Because, I mean, we talk about like Lyle Alzado in the eighties and some of those Raiders teams and, you know, just anabolic steroids, these guys lifting up and I guess, what was it Tony Mandrich in the early nineties and all this stuff. But I mean, there have been books written about the 70s Steelers and Cowboys being basically in an arms race against each other with steroid use. Uh, and that's not to throw those teams on the bus. Cause again, like most things that we'll get into a lot of teams, if not all of them were doing it, but I mean, we hear in the stories of baseball about guys eating greenies, you know, uppers to stay awake because they're out partying and they're tired and all this. I mean, the NFL's had a steroid problem for a long time. And like most things, it's evolved and guys then took HGH and, you know, growth hormones and everything else. To me, I think as serious as concussions and stuff are, the steroid abuse for a long period of time was a real red flag in the NFL to where this, you know, led of guys, you know, I mean, even I, not to diminish drugs, but like even more so than drug abuse, because I mean, yes, steroids are technically drugs, but more than, you know, cocaine or marijuana or things of that sort. I mean, steroids really were affecting the on-field play. Yeah, and it and it puts, if not everybody's using it, it puts one side of the equation in a disadvantage because basically you have to think about it like a car. You have to think about it like mm-hmm. cars driving around. If one car's got nitro and it's a truck and the other one's a Honda Prelude 96, not souped up at all factory model but that 
that accident is absolutely not going to be pretty at all. Mm-mm. So you're put. You're not just putting the person taking the steroids at risk. You're putting the person who's not taking steroids and unknowing doesn't know who is taking steroids. Or, you know, if if legalize it, then let everybody do yeah. it, then everybody knows. But it's I, it's just terrible. It's terrible. Like I, I know how- you're. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, we're already talking about car collisions. And now basically what you're doing is you're putting reinforced steel. You're putting, you know, uh, straps for certain people. And the other people are just like, well, I have my kid's helmet on. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's that's not how this works. And like you said, I mean, was everybody doing it? Maybe. But I like to think that there, like most things, there were certain organizations or people that were doing it better and to a greater advantage than others. So my question to the NFL would be like, when did you really find out or how, how far back does the steroid issue go? And really what time does it encapsulate? You know, is it more like before it was about being bigger, stronger, meaner, and now it's more about recovery, which is what we heard in baseball with HGH and stuff like that. So that would be my question. Well, yeah. And if it's legalized, then you can regulate it and they can do it properly because when it's not regulated, it's done dangerously, and it can be Always. done. It can be done way safer than it's done. Yep. I'm not going to say it can be done safely. Yep. <laughs> it's just safer. No, you're absolutely right. So that would be my question. So that's three, Sean. So what's your number four? <sighs> my number four is when was the NFL finally told? that they had a domestic abuse problem, a problem Mm. with players and violence outside of the game, especially towards women. I mean, that's, uh, uh, that's a great question. I mean, we, we know about it now. Like we think Ray Rice was kind of this, like, you know, uh, line of demarcation and it's like, Oh no, no, no. Like, again, maybe this goes hand in hand with the steroids. You know, we know Roy rage. That was, I mean, when you think of steroids, especially people of like our age, the thing I think of is roid rage. Uh, if you watch the movie, the program, you know, Latimer, mm-hmm. when he gets all bulked up, like this guy goes from being a special teams guy, all of a sudden he's huge and he's angry and possibly hurting women and stuff like that. So, I mean, that was a movie made in the early nineties. So this was obviously going on again. Great question. When did you know that this was really an epidemic? Um, and, and that's also to say, is when did the NFL become so invested in their players? Because we know for a long period of time, like now they have car service and they have, you know, security details. They have all this. I'm not so sure they had that stuff in the 80s. I mean, they could have had, I mean. Definitely not the 70s. They had these problems in the 80s and and possibly the 70s. No, no, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't have these services. They didn't have these things that they, these preventative measures in place. Like, (laughs) The, isn't it in the movie Heaven Can Wait that he dies drunk driving? I believe so with Warren Beatty. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, it's, yeah. it's like, and then in the, yeah. It's just like, that was... <laughs> yeah. Listen, you're absolutely right. And we're not, we're not laughing at, I mean, we're laughing at just like how ridiculous this, that movie is and everything. But like, Again, it goes from like, oh, that's just a guy who's a little nuts and we know that he's in a complicated relationship. That's how it used to be passed off before. Oh, that's mm-hmm. that that's Tim. You know, Tim and his wife fight all the time. But when did the 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 NFL 
teams, the league really become, like you said, aware of like, oh, like, like we're getting, you know, calls from, I mean, basically. Actually, I want to, I want to amend it. Oh, please go ahead. This is your question. When, when did the NFL start intermediating between what their players were doing and the law enforcement? Because that's when they knew it was a problem. That is exactly when they knew it was a problem. Yes, that's a that is a great question. I would like to think it was before Jerry Jones owned the Cowboys, but that is the um, the grand poobah of it. Everybody knows in Dallas what happens in Dallas stays in Dallas, and Dallas PD gets more phone calls about Cowboys players over the the past three Gruden's than than anybody. So it, it's yeah, uh, it, that's a really great question. Is when but to did, be did, fair like said, to be fair to the NFL, mm-hmm. this is a problem that starts earlier. Than mm-hmm. the NFL, it oh, starts oh, in yeah. college. It, yeah. So the college side would have known before the NFL side. So mm-hmm. I, I, you know, obviously that's. And I'm not trying to alter your question. Maybe the question is: Is when did NFL scouts realize that more and more of these guys were having issues like this in college, as opposed to there's just a few bad apples. Mm. Maybe, maybe, and again, that's a sub question. That's just that's a sub question in the in the form of the question. So I, I'm not taking away from yours. No, that's no, but that, like, question, that's but... like that, that's a follow up question to mine yes. type deal. Yeah, like the other yeah. one had. Yeah, no worries. That's a good one. Yeah. All right, so we got four. We got three more. My question to the NFL is: How prevalent is game day cheating, and what was really the pinnacle of it? Because to me, everybody's going to say, "Well, Spygate." You know, it was it was the recording of signals. It was doing this. I mean, we still don't know what was on the tapes, things of this sort. We know that game day cheating happens. We know it was the Indianapolis Colts pumping in fake crowd noise for home games. We know because even now we see coaches put things in front of their faces when reading, you know, when talking into the microphones. Yeah. Like, my question to the FO is, like, they have a big black book. They know, like, this team did this, this team did this over the years. How prevalent and for how long has game day cheating? And I'm not talking – I'm, I'm talking about, like, serious, like, cheating. Uh, again, like, Spygate, you know, recording signals. We knew the Patriots weren't the only team doing it. The year before, I believe it was Minnesota, uh, was fined for videotaping signals and stuff. Like – we know that that happened, but I'm again, I'm talking about like shit. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if back in the day, grounds crew were standing close to coaches trying to hear signals and then passing them off in the, you know, for home stadiums. Like, yeah. would you be surprised by that? I mean, yeah. couldn't you see that? Like, I mean, yeah. again, my question would be, and this is kind of, again, we really don't know the answer where some of these, we kind of know the answer. Uh, but to me, how prevalent is game day cheating and how bad has it gotten or was Spygate the pinnacle? I don't think it was, but tell me what it is. Mm-hmm. No, that's a, that's a good question. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, I don't remember coaches ever like holding up the things in front of them. Like it's slowly evolved. Over it's time lip readers. That I yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's the lip readers on the sidelines. It's again, like if you were in, and I'm going to throw them under the bus, but if you were playing in Philadelphia in the eighties, would it surprise you if some guy who was like shoveling snow on the sideline was trying to listen to like the defensive coordinator and then going into the locker room and saying, Hey, when they say uh, vanilla, it's, you know, a three safety package or something like, 
I think that oh, yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, fans I mean, definitely uh, fans. The Philadelphia fans, especially. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I mean, in any stadium, it would not be surprising to me yeah. at all if it's. And, and again, it's one of those like gray areas. Like, you know, uh, if you go to the locker room in Green Bay, the visitor locker room never has hot water, or you know, things of that sort. Like that to me is a little bit more gamesmanship. Where I'm talking about, like on the field cheating. Yeah, yeah. Just cheating. Follow up <laughs> question to that one: Is Bill Belichick your biggest problem? <laughs> Listen, if you're going to be the goat, you might as well cover all the bases. There's no sense in. There's, there's, there's just. Listen, if you if you're going to take it, take it all. Take all the chips. <laughs> you like that one way too much. You like that one way too much. Uh, way too much. All right, Sean. Your sixth question. Well, our sixth question, I should say. What is your question that you would ask the NFL? Pull it up here. We've, we've covered concussions. We've covered yeah. gambling. We've we've covered a lot of stuff we talked about. So did you have one that we didn't so talk got, about? So yeah, my next question has to do with the international games and who's getting paid because the home team loses the money on that. Uh, mm-hmm. In Khan's case with the Jaguars, he's getting paid anyways because he owns the stadium. He owns the Tottenham Spurs, and that's the stadium they play out of in in the uk for those games and the jaguars always are the home teams for those ones so he's getting mm-hmm. paid but when you get to germany now that is being announced who's going to get the money and where is it going that's a great question sean i think the international games like he's i mean con really is double dipping because what you said they get paid a million the home team gets paid a million dollars for losing their home game yeah but so in the, in the case of all case, the international games yeah in the Jaguars case, he's getting a million dollars, but he's also getting the money because he owns the stadium where the game is being held. Yeah. Like, I mean, Shad Khan, get your money, I guess. Like, good for him. The most American owner we have. He, he he might be bad at hiring head coaches, but he's he's a he's a legend at the bank, man. I tell you. I, I mean, that is a good question. Yeah, I guess that kind of goes into some news. It was reported by Albert Breer, like you said, Sean, we won't get into it much, but uh, they're looking at Germany possibly as early as 2022, and they're trying to maybe move it around Oktoberfest, uh, which is um, okay. Uh, But yeah, that's, uh, boy, that's a great question. I mean, really, you could ask in general, where's all the money go? Uh, (laughs) But like you said, I'd like to see the financials. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You'd never watch football again. You'd you'd say, and this is what the players get for benefits. You'd you'd be so mad. You wouldn't. Yeah. We don't want to know how the sausage is made, Sean. We really don't. Yeah, I'd but be a protester in, for sure. In, the, in, the, in this arena, you're right. The international games, because you know that they're like Mexico City. You know, they've had games in Mexico City. They've obviously had games in London. Hell, they used to have NFL Europe. But I mean, they're gonna move to Germany. We assume. Spain might be an option, you know, other places, things of that sort. Uh, I shit, hope they I mean, choose France at one point. I, I, mean, just, I, want, I want to see so like half the NFL audience will like lose their goddamn minds. It's, uh, yeah, again, you I called mean, them France. freedom fries for like a decade. I, yeah, we're not getting it. We're not getting it. I know we're <laughs> not getting into that. Uh, they'll just boo. That's fine. That's what the French do best. Um, 
you know, maybe even into Canada. I, I don't know. But again, they're going to have these international series. But it would be interesting to know where the money goes because you know they make a ton of money. Of course they make a ton of money. So, yeah, the home team gets a million dollars. Thanks, NFL. Where's the other 25 go? You know? yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that no, that's a great question. I like that. Uh, the seventh question, and again, if you have questions, send them in to us. We will gladly be willing to talk about them. But my last question would be, again, asking the league, how prevalent is tampering? Like, we know it's bad. Like, we know. Like, free agency starts. The Patriots had signed, like, six guys. Of course, none of them could be made official for two, three days. It happens every year. But my question is, is, like, these GMs contact with each other. Coaches contact with each other. Owners contact with each other. Are there just, like, group chats, group texts that, like, it just has, like, eight GMs in the NFL, and they're like, this fucking running back, I tell you, this kid can't hold on the ball for shit. We're going to cut him. And somebody else is like, hey, we kind of like them coming out. And like, I mean, they're not waiting for the phone calls. I just assume it's a bunch of like on Discord or whatever else or some some chatting service that they just have big group chats. Like how prevalent is tampering really? It's we Microsoft Teams. Microsoft is like the biggest sponsor. So it's Microsoft Teams. <laughs> Obviously. is that is, is that a real thing microsoft teams okay oh, they yeah, just yeah, have a bunch yeah. of microsoft teams accounts okay that's the like that's like their zoom and stuff that's i could just imagine could you imagine bill belichick just swiping away every call like would these fucking guys leave me alone like this i'm like in this they... group for when i want to make a call <laughs> that's bill belichick is the guy who never answers a call but calls everybody else so uh and low balls him and low balls him he's like hey Hey Sean, how's things going? Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're 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 thinking we like Brandon Cooks. What do you think? <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, well, he's kind of expensive for us, Bill. Well, you know, we're we're thinking. I mean, a first rounder. How's that sound? It's just like, and then he hangs up and he's like, fucking idiots. <laughs> it's just, but I I it also is. I do wonder how prevalent tampering is in the league. I mean, we know it with players. They DM each other. They do all this stuff. We have to assume again that owners, um, front office people, scouts, scouts. I mean, it's imagine like a, it's just a regular business world, it's like any other business world. There's all kinds of tampering and people networking and back channeling, absolutely. But I, I do wonder, like, why go through the charade then of like, oh, we're gonna have the legal tampering period, Motherfucker, you know, you didn't get a 150 million dollar deal done in seven hours. Like, I couldn't spend $150 million in seven hours, let alone have a 28-page contract with 473 clauses done in that time. Like, shut up. Well, so, obviously, they must have really good macro programs. <laughs> well, they are a sponsor. Um, now, again, it just, it, to me, it's one of those things, like, how bad is it really? Because I do think that there are probably a couple teams or at least people within organizations who do try and follow the rules and then it's just like the wild west so are you the lone gunman who hopes to not get picked off or are you the hero who's going to try and take everybody down i just wonder how bad tampering really is within the nfl mm -hmm. yeah there's probably some guys still playing it safe playing it by the rules just being like god, god fucking damn it 
fucking, fucking Belichick. Yeah, it's like a fucking Belichick stole my guy again already. How did he have, like? I haven't even been able to make a phone call to him, and he's already signed. How in the hell did Bill Belichick get Odell Beckham Jr. for a sixth round pick in a tomato sandwich? Like what the hell, you know, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, that's why he's spreading out all the bad assistants out there. That's right. That's right. Hey, you gotta <laughs> grow to the Boston way. Oh, two oh, two old teammates, two old coach mates making bad oh, trades. That's how oh, to relax. fit the Boston team. Relax, relax. <laughs> yeah, relax. All right, well, those are our seven questions for the NFL. Like I said, if you have questions, please feel free to email us, message us, you know, comment on the posts that we share out there. Um, on the link, Sean has been great. He has a link tree up there. You can listen to this on anything. Again, email, Instagram, anything like that. Follow Sean, follow me. Uh, just find us on Facebook. It's easy. I mean, it really is. You just type in out of bounds with a Z and we're the first thing that pops up because mm -hmm. we're that awesome. Uh, Sean, if you don't have anything else tonight, no, I'm good. You know, lots of fun. We've, we've asked right. some questions to the NFL. We'll never hear the answers. Um, well, I'm gonna forward. I'm gonna forward this podcast to to Roger Goodell's email and see Roger Goodell at gmail .com, Right? That's probably. Oh, it. I thought it. I thought it was Roger G at Satan dot com. That that's probably a different. That that's probably a different uh different website. Uh, yeah. Again, I. <laughs> That's really mean. I don't know why I said that. It's, I don't even know if Satan.com is a real thing. It's probably a .net. You probably have to pay for it. Uh, uh, anyway. .io is the trendy thing now. Dot, dot .io, yeah. All right. Well, again, on that note, I'm Joe McDonald. That's Sean Lawler. This is the Out of Bounds Podcast. Don't forget to come check us out on all your favorite streaming platforms. Again, check us out on Facebook. Find us on Twitter, Instagram. Email us. Um, whatever else there is us. Uh, <laughs> Don't forget to go check out Sean on an angry white dad podcast. He has been knocking them out and killing them. He's a little sad about coach K retiring, but I don't care. Uh, go check out on the latest episode. Uh, Sean and Marcus talk about the NBA playoffs uh, teams that are out teams that are playing right now. Uh, go check out our friends, Brendan and Lewis on a ginger's tailgate podcast where they talk about women's college softball, who I think just tonight had a winner. I don't want to ruin it. Uh, the men's baseball tournament and the NCAA deciding to possibly go to 12 teams for their playoffs <laughs> and just skipping eight altogether. Like, you know, where we're going, we don't need roads apparently is their <laughs> philosophy when it comes to expanding the playoffs. Uh, they, they give no fucks. So again, on that More note money for us, <laughs> yeah, none, right? for you. none for you. That's right. None for you. Um, yeah, again, go check out all those great podcasts. And Sean, did I forget anything? No, I don't. I don't think so. I, I, you might have charity stripe commentaries the basketball one. I think you forgot to say the actual podcast, but that's the only thing I can think of. Well, you know what? I'm only a man. You are. I'm a man. I'm a man sitting in front of another man, throwing myself at the mercy of your Canadianness. It's okay. I'll make you sound good in editing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Take it easy. Peace.
I mean, I mean, how does that sound? Does that sound good? Does that sound bad? Headline on ESPN NFL, McVeigh in, quote, better mood since Stafford's arrival. I think that's a misleading headline. Here's the real headline. McVeigh in better mood since Goff's departure. It's one of the, yeah, right? In the ringers, like, better put that in the, you better put that in the outro <laughs> no my kids watch it oh you have to watch it it's i've seen parts yeah i've seen parts it's so good it's like the pyramid money the mummy money the pyramid oh god So, Kyle Long, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, and then seven. Basically, it's it's kind of, it's a play on the George Carlin seven words you can't say on television. It's the seven questions you can't ask the NFL. So, uh, yeah, and then I think that it'll be good. I don't think we need to go much further than that. Like it can be a nice quick you know, go from there. Sound good to you? Alright. Alright, we're recording, so whenever you're ready, we'll be ready. Uh, I love the phone call, by the way. I listened to it again today. It's so bad. It's so bad. I kept breaking. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> I know you did. I, 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 I remember thinking that. Like you were, you're just like, I'm sorry, I can't handle it. I just can't. Although you were really, I don't know if, I don't know if impressed was the right word. What did I say? There, it's what helps you. What did I say? It was something about sleeping at night. It was something about, uh, oh shit. I listened to it today. I can't remember. But anyway, I made a comment about like why Tennessee makes that trade, and I was like, it allows you to like optimistically sleep or something and, and you were kind of like I like that like it was it's one of those like wow dumb dumb joke coming up with one uh, alright so we'll get into this